0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of The Breakdown with former Chiefs quarterback Matt Castle and FanDuel TV's Matt Hamilton. The best analysis on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense that's available for Chiefs Kingdom. This film-based show will educate, entertain, and inform you each week. Don't forget to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything from the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network of 2022. And now, let's go to Matt for the latest episode of The Breakdown.
2: We're back for another edition of The Breakdown on KCSN. I'm Matt Hamilton. That's Matt Castle. Matt, we got an AFC Championship rematch this weekend between the Chiefs and Bengals. All eyes are going to be on Mahomes and that ankle. He is practicing this week, which uh, a lot of people thought he might not. What do you make of that? And how much do you think this ankle is going to affect what we see from Patrick Mahomes in this game?
3: Well, it's great news for the Kansas City Chiefs fans and also for the Kansas City Chiefs in general that Patrick Mahomes is practicing this week. Now, we don't know how much he's going to be able to practice. Obviously, we saw that ankle injury. It definitely impacted him in the second half, particularly his mobility, his his ability to actually push off that back foot. We'll see that as we run some of these plays. But. The fact is, he's a competitor. He wants to be out there, and you know that he's going to be out there. And with this throughout this week, they've got to monitor him in terms of how much of a heavy workload he takes during practice. I'm sure Chad Henry Henny will get more reps this week than he has in the past. But again, it's getting him to that game as healthy as he possibly can be. And at the same time, look. We know with medical staffs, so they're going to do whatever's necessary to get him out on the field. And at times it's possibly taking some medication to make sure that that ankle feels the right way as he steps out on the football field.
2: Yeah. Cause it was clear in that Jackson. I mean, it, it was an unbelievable effort for Mahomes. We're going to dig into the it tape really in a little bit of what he was able to do, even though he was clearly not right. And, it, and that ankle was clearly affecting him. Um, we talked about it a little bit right before we came on, actually, so I wanted to, wanted to get your opinion on this. As far as what Mahomes is able to do, obviously it limits his mobility. That's the first thing you think about when it's an ankle. But with it being on that plant leg, with it being his right ankle, how does that affect some of the things that they're able to do in the passing game and his ability to get the ball downfield?
3: Right. Well, it's the most important aspect of when you're a thrower, that plant foot, and that's exactly what ankle he hurt was his right foot. And that's when you're driving the ball down the field. Now we know, just watching Patrick Mahomes over the seasons, like there's nobody that throws off platform better than Patrick Mahomes and makes plays with just his raw arm strength because he's got it. He can deliver the ball when he's not on platform. But at the end of the day, it's when you have to drive the ball down the field, those deep crossing routes, the go routes, the post routes, and where you're trying to take that shot where we didn't really see that in the second half against Jacksonville. We talked about it as well, that most of those thrower, all those throws that he had were under 20 yards. So – Going into this game, that's something that I'm going to keep my eye on is that aspect of this game. And in addition to that, we also know the creativity part, right? He's able to create with his legs better than any person. And how does that impact how they call the game? When you watch the first series of the game against Jacksonville this last week, they had speed option. They had two boots called. They He made two third down plays inside the pocket but he had to avoid a rusher step up in the pocket and make those throws and if that part of his game's away then they're definitely going to have to cater to his strengths for this game which is probably going to be primarily in the pocket is it going to be more seven man protection and how are they going to protect him
2: yeah and we we saw Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid adjust as the game went on and, and right. call some things that were suited to, to keeping Mahomes in the pocket, knowing he wasn't going to be able to escape as much, getting the ball out a little bit quicker. So if there's any staff in this entire league that I trust to be able to game plan and figure out ways around it, it's this one. And uh, let's dig into the tape and, and take a look at a little bit of that right now. Um, so this was, uh, this was early in the third quarter, one of the first series after Mahomes came back after halftime. What did you see here, Matt?
3: Yeah, right here. So you've got two stop routes is what we call it. And these are timing routes. And they're really something that you look at pre-snap read. You're evaluating those stop routes and saying, do I have either one of those? Because it's a timing route. You've got to throw that in rhythm. It's kind of like, it's basically quick game. And so you're taking the snap and you're evaluating the corner. Is there an off corner in which I think I can take advantage of? A, and then you've got to rip that ball. Then you have Travis Kelsey, up top on the inside, he's going to run your in-cut. He's going to be your secondary player, and then you've got to see seam down low. When you see the Jacksonville structure, it's a post-safety defense. They're going to bring this Mike linebacker, but they're going to – it's called an exchange blitz. They bring the Mike linebacker, but they're going to drop Josh Allen out in the coverage. So really it's still a four-man pressure, but it's a zone, zone coverage concept in terms of what they're doing defensively. So as you'll see this play run right here, Jarek McKinnon gets caught up in protection, but that's where the ball's got to go if you're going to throw that right now. He's got to hit that back foot and let it rip. Now, I think that there was a little hesitation there just based on where the corner is. It does seem like it's a little bit tight, and from there, it gets off of him into Travis Kelsey, but they've got two defenders in the interior part of the defense, so that clouds that issue. And I think Patrick Mahomes is the right thing right here is he throws the ball away. He doesn't try to make too much out of anything. Now, if he was a healthy Patrick Mahomes, I think, and you probably agree with me, this is one where he might scramble out and go try to make a play, but that's where the limitations come in when you have an ankle injury like that.
2: Yeah, and you see a lane right there where he might be able to push off that back foot, step up, either take off with it or find Kelsey on that cross or over the middle, but with that ankle, he's not able to do it. You could see he's just not comfortable stepping up in the pocket really. And uh, you're right making the responsible plays with the ball. If he's not able to move the way, the way he's usually capable of, sometimes he's going to have to do this. Just, you know, put it in the ground, put it at one of his receivers feet, move on to the next play.
3: And and the other part about this, Kansas City Chiefs offensive line they're a dominant offensive line they're really good in pass protection but one guy that we didn't talk about and we talked a little bit about this earlier was look at Jarek McKinnon on this play when he comes I mean you've got a guy from depth coming five yard full head of steam and he comes and stones him I mean that's a big part of being a running back in the NFL. You got to put on your big boy pads at time and go take on those linebackers from the second level. And there's nothing more intimidating to a defense is when you come in on a blitz and you get stoned and that you got to take pride in it as a running back. And I love the the physicality in which Jarek McKinnon comes and takes on this block and helps out his boy.
2: I mean, he's been so valuable to this team all year. He just, he contributes in, in every phase of this offense and, It's not, you know, he's not a superstar name. He's not a name a lot of people thought about coming into this season. But you can't do a better job than, than what he's done for this Chiefs offense.
3: Right, and, and it's all about attitude and pride at the running back position because you've got to take pride in going in and taking on those blocks and, and taking on those linebackers because usually you're outsized. And so when you do that and you do it in, the, in that fashion, that shows up on film. And the, everybody notices that. And, and so a lot of times you might not recognize it as a fan, but those are the little things that it takes that adds so much value to Jarek McKinn what his, he's able to do, not just in the pass game, but in pass protection.
2: Absolutely. And uh, off of this play, you know, this was, as I said, early on in the third quarter. uh, So the Chiefs are still trying to get a feel for what Mahomes could do, what he's comfortable with, what he's not comfortable with. And as the game progressed, we saw them trying to get the ball out of his hand a little bit quicker. They were able to do that here. What'd you see, Matt?
3: Yeah, this is a five-man protection. So you're going to free-release the backup top. Jarrett McKinnon is going to run that swing route. You're going to have MVS run that spot route. And you can see with the Jacksonville defense, what they're trying to do here is they're trying to create pressure. They, they brought it from the second level. They even bring it from the third level right here. So they're giving you this look the, where they've got the two linebackers inside. They're going to bring one of those guys, but they're also bringing that safety from depth up top over MVS right now. So technically, Patrick Mahomes is hot to the X ride receiver, the MBS. And usually what you'll do is throw that ball to Patrick, I mean, to Jarek McKinnon there. But because that guy comes from so much depth, he feels like he could throw this little stick route or spot route down here to Travis Kelsey. And he's able to get it out, even though there's a dropping defensive end right in that window.
2: And you'll see it. He's almost in a split as he releases this ball. He's not really pushing off that back leg, but again, a short enough throw with his arm strength, with his arm talent, that's a throw he can make 10 times out of 10. And, uh, you know, while you talked about it, he may not be able to push the ball downfield as much with this ankle. If it is still bothering him, these are the throws that they can still feast on where he's not relying on that plant leg as much to generate power.
3: Right, and that's something that they do so well collectively as a group with the Kansas City Chiefs and how they call the game. I mean, their quick game is like an extension of the run game at times because they have the bubble screens, they have the different types of screens, that, and they've got a variety of them that they can attack you in that intermediate area and get the ball out, get the ball to their playmakers in which the yak yards comes up. I mean, Travis Kelsey had 14 catches in this game, and it's primarily all of his work was done in the interior part of that defense. And you're going to see a lot of that show up this week against the Bengals who are primarily a zone team. They don't like to play a lot of man. They like to make tight windows and play coverage a lot of time. But this is where these type of routes concepts come up. And this is where the experience of this this group with Travis, Kelsey, MVS, Juju, all these guys, they have a great feel against zone coverage and understanding how to attack it and how the spacing needs to work in unison with the play call.
2: And that chemistry and, and connection between Mahomes and Kelsey as well. We saw one little miscommunication on, on one throw where, you know, Mahomes thought Kelsey was going to throttle down and, and Kelsey kept going to the outside. But other than that, I mean, they were on the same page all day and that's, that's where that comes in huge is, you know, especially now if, if there's going to be a lot more of that intermediate underneath stuff with with Mahomes and Kelsey, that timing has to be on point. And obviously it has been almost all year. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, Bengals play a lot of zone. They do have some athletic linebackers in there, though. Logan Wilson is one of the better linebackers in coverage in the league. Pratt has done an excellent job as well. So it's going to be an interesting matchup and, and one of the keys to this game for sure. But I want to keep this moving ahead. We talked about Mahomes' so the mobility not being quite the same. That doesn't mean that it's not there, as We all saw the play of the game, the play that ultimately decided this game. Mahomes is able to hobble his way up in this pocket and make a play. What stood out to you on this one?
3: Yeah, this is man-to-man coverage across the board. You immediately recognize that. It's going to be we call this a bear front or or a diamond front is what we used to call it. It's five guys across the five guys on the front. So this again is a five-man protection, but it is what they call blitz 11. So when you see it, it's man-to-man across the board, you're looking for your best matchup when Patrick Mahomes takes the snap right here. He's trying to work Travis Kelsey over the middle on this little jerk route. And usually on this, he gives him a little something. He can go either which way and try to just get open. And what that does is grabs the attention of that post-safety player because, again, they're always aware of Travis Kelsey down the red zone, deservedly so, in the production that he's had. But the big part that that – adds to success of this is NVS's route. He comes off the r- line and he doesn't give it away. He doesn't inside stem and give any indicators. He straight stems the, the defender and gets to his upfield shoulder and then crosses face and creates separation. And then when Patrick Mahomes steps up because his eyes are on Travis Kelsey, that immediately attracts attention from that safety. And because NVS wins across, he steps up, makes a great throw in the back of the end zone, high in the back of the end zone, which we always preach at quarterback position. But the his vision right Right here of understanding, look, this is where I've got boom and sees it. I mean, again, it's just Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes, even when he's throwing off his left foot.
2: <laughs> it's, it, it's unbelievable. It's an absolutely unbelievable throw, but I'm glad you point out MVS here too, because it kind of got lost on the, during the broadcast when you're watching this on TV, it looks like one of these things where Mahomes just extended it and he broke open late, but you really see it here on the all 22. That's a fantastic route. He beats his guy Great route. right off the line and works his way open and the patience from Mahomes to understand that safety sitting in that window, he's going to have to find, find MVS in that second window, extend the play a little bit. And you see it there. He's pushing off that. He's pushing off the left leg to move forward, which is a little, you know, a little different for him. Um, He's, he's able to, he's able to adapt as well as anyone to, to things that are going on. Remember earlier in the year where he hurt his hand and he's handing the ball off backwards and, you know, he's just such a tremendous athlete that he just find ways to work around, even though the mechanics are nowhere near what you teach it, he just finds ways to make it work.
3: Yeah, and there's nobody that, that's better in adapting to the situation. And like we said, we've seen play after play where he's off platform and does this constantly, and now he's dealing with this ankle injury. But it still doesn't take away from how he goes through. He starts left, comes to Travis Kelsey, who's probably second in this in this progression, and then goes and steps up, understanding where the route's taking him. And MVS, again, creates that separation for him. But his vision and understanding of this offense is really what helps him play fast and
2: So there you have it. While it may not be the Patrick Mahomes that, you know, we're used to seeing on a regular basis, the 100% full strength, Patrick Mahomes, he's still very dangerous and capable of making a lot of plays. It's going to be really interesting to see what type of shape that ankle is in on Sunday, obviously really good. It's that he's saying already and, and taking the field, Uh, But it's obviously going to be the biggest storyline heading into this game. Just how healthy is that ankle? But the other big storyline is the Bengals. The Chiefs are, as we know, are 0-3 against the Bengals over the last couple of years. This will be their fourth meeting in two years. Uh, And yeah, I mean, there's no other way to say it. The Bengals have had their number. Matt, what do you think is going to be the key to the Chiefs kind of getting over that hump and finally getting a win against this Bengals squad?
3: Right. Well, when you go back to last year's AFC championship game, look, they had a 20 point lead going into halftime. Right. And they had an opportunity to even add to that lead late, late in the first half and they weren't able to do it. And then the second half went the way in which it did. So we know that the Bengals are a resilient group. I think this is a better group than what they were even last year. They're healthier on defense. You saw last week against the Buffalo Bills, they were able to pressure Josh Allen and they don't just pressure with the front four with Hubbard and Trey Hendricks and those guys. They pressure from the second level. The pressure from the third level. So you have to anticipate those different blitz designs that are going to come out and try to create pressure. And I bet that they, they try to do it early and test that ankle and see what type of mobility. In addition to that, off the, on the defensive side of the ball for the Chiefs, look, it's the interior part of the field. Joe Burrow gets the ball out quick, but they've got to get him off his spot, disrupt him. We know he's a cool, calm customer. He's got great poise, he's got great accuracy, but they have to deal with those weapons on the outside. And I think the biggest part of this game is not giving up those exp- explosive plays to make them move the ball all the way down the field but get them into those third down situations to hopefully make a stop get off the field and be opportunistic when when those opportunities show up because it doesn't show up often but this could be a turnover margin game where if you can create some turnover somehow some way that could be the difference maker in this game
2: and you bring it up with the Bengals defense Lou Anaruma their defensive coordinator is a mastermind he's emerged really as one of the best defensive coordinators in the league, holding the bills for 10 points last week. That's their, their lowest output of the season. So he's been, he's been so impressive. If you're him Mm -hmm. and you know, Patrick Mahomes might not be at full strength. How would you attack this chiefs offense? Because we saw Jacksonville, they, they sent a lot of pressure, but they played some soft zones and Mahomes is able to pick that apart underneath. How would you attack things with, if, if it is, If we do see an injured Patrick Mahomes out there.
3: Right. Well, I think that, again, you're going to see pressures early, and they're going to be designed to see if they're going to create mobility, if he's able to run on that ankle and do those things. But when I say create pressure, that also, when you watch the Jacksonville game, you bring up a great point. They played a lot of soft coverage on the outside, and that's usually they don't want to get beat on the go routes and this, that, and the other. But at the same time, I think you've got to challenge those wide receivers at times. You've got to go up and press them to make make it a little bit cloudier for the quarterback position because when us as quarterbacks we come up sometimes we welcome that pressure especially when you want to play off coverage because we know already hey that guy's 10 yards off I'm going to take the hitch right now or I'm going to take that slant whereas all of a sudden you've come up and press and now you've got got that pressure coming it just clouds those reads a little bit and it makes you a little bit more hesitant to rip some of those easy throws on the outside so I would say not only do they pressure but they also create this Illusion in, in our minds that, hey, look, we're also playing man to man on the outside, even though it might be bail technique, just give them some different looks and different variety on the back ends in terms of disguise to try to cloud it and not make it so simplistic for them like Jacksonville did at times with their soft coverage.
2: Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I think that's how you have to attack it. And I know it's, it's the opposite of the way that conventionally you want to play against Mahomes because challenging these chiefs receivers has not worked out well for many teams. Um, That's how they beat you deep. That's how they've generated so many big plays over the years. But yeah, if he, if that ankle is still an issue and he's not able to get as much on the ball, if it's affecting his deep ball, I would, I, I basically dare him to throw it. You get, I think you kind of get a read on it early. You played a little conservatively early as a defense, but you get a read as the game's going, how much that thing is bothering him. And if it is bothering him as much as we saw in the Jacksonville game, I'm with you. I think you got to be aggressive against these guys um, and, and, you know, take your chances with him beating you deep. As crazy as that sounds, with Patrick Wilhelms back there as quarterback.
3: Right. I mean, but that's part of the game, too. And it's also those in-game adjustments as you go on and you start to see what, where he's at in terms of his health. Is he able to move around that? You have to make those in-game adjustments. But in addition to that, the way that the Kansas City Chiefs have been able to run the football. I mean, Pacheco showed up in a big way this last week. They had a lot of great yeah. balance in that. So it's something that they also have to worry about. It's not just Patrick Mahomes in this offense right now in terms of the passing game the ability to be able to balance this offense and be able to run the ball and get some big runs out of Pacheco or McKinnon or whoever's back there, that creates – the, an issue for that defensive unit because all of a sudden you saw jacksonville bring some of these stunts and pr- different pressures that they had but when you get beat on some of those you're a little bit more hesitant to call so it's about hurting this defense early when they do have pressures have that pressure package ready to go understand where your hots your side adjusts where your toolbox is to get out of that or what you're checking to and beat it early and then all of a sudden he becomes a little bit more hesitant to go start just dialing up pressure after pressure after pressure because they're like hey these guys are ready for us to come after them, but we've got a plan for it. And if we hurt them early, then it'll slow that process down.
2: That's a great point. And another great point you made earlier was about the Chiefs' ability to get pressure on Joe Burrow. This Bengals' offensive line, we'll see how things shake out as a game day. But, but last week, they were down three of their five starters on that O-line unit. They're going to be down at least one, and it sounds like there's a really good chance they're going to be down three of them again they held up against that Buffalo Bill did, pass Burrow only got sacked once only got hurried three times. I think the snow might've helped those guys out a little bit, a little harder for those speed rushers to turn the corner. Um, I think that played in their favor, but How do you think this Chiefs pass rush will fare up front? What's going to be the key? I know Chris Jones, it's been a big storyline. Still looking for his first career playoff sack in, in 13 games, which is kind of wild with the tremendous player, I think Hall of Fame caliber player that he is and has been throughout his career. What do you think is going to be the key for that group up front?
3: Well, you got to give credit to the Cincinnati Bengals to have three new starters in there, the coaching staff, everybody involved in that and in how they went out. And the first two drives, they will go down the field. They march right down the field and they're able to score and jump ahead to a 14 point lead right there. So they deserve a ton of credit josh i mean excuse me joe Burrow only got sacked one time in that game i think he was hit only a total of three times so he gets the ball out of his hands quick they probably understand the situation but you're absolutely right the equalizer in that game also were the conditions the snow is always the friend of the offense particularly the offensive line because those guys just can't get up and rush and i always used to love those snow games now i don't know exactly what the conditions are going to be in kansas city i know it's supposed to be very cold but i, I think that because if the field can conditions are normal. That won't impact the rush for the Kansas City Chiefs as much. In addition to that, the Bengals were able to find their own balance. Joe Mixon rushed for over 100 yards. He was able to get the ball going, stay ahead of down and distance, keep themselves in third and short. And so when that happens and you're able to do that as an offensive unit, then in, in your bag, you've got not only the ability to run the football in those situations, but also use quick game and take advantage of that, so you don't always have to push the ball downfield. The key to this offense, I mean, this defense for Kansas City, winning on first and second down, getting this team into third and long situations where that pass rush can take over because they have to get the ball past the sticks. Yeah,
2: and it's uh, it's been a tall order for defenses all year against this Bengals offense, but We've seen the Chiefs are on be really good all year long. If they, can, if they can do that, if they can keep the Bengals from being efficient on first and second down, I think I'm with you. I think it's going to give them a big advantage with Frank Clark and Chris Jones out there to, to pin their ears back and come after Burrow.
3: Right. And you know, Spags is going to dial up some sweet little blitzes himself. I mean, there's always those personnel things where it's nickel, it's diamonds, and there's guys walking all over and Chris Jones is lined up at different positions to try to create that matchup issue. So that'll be the fun chess match that we get to watch in this game, because these are two really good defensive coordinators. The thing is, For Joe Burrow, you have to disrupt him because you saw the last game in which they lost. I mean, he missed six passes in that entire game. He was efficient. He got the ball out of his hands quickly. And they've got playmakers on the outside. Let's be honest. I mean, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, those are one of the best duos in in the entire NFL at the wide receiver position. Then you talk about Hayden Hurst at the – at the tight end position and he's been a weapon for them as well. So they've got a lot, a lot of guys that can go out and play, but Kansas city, once again, they're, they're good defense and they've been opportunistic. They got to create pressure though, in this game. And you bring up Spags and his aggressiveness. It,
2: it is a complete departure from what the defensive coordinator of the Bengals faced last week, Leslie Frazier does. He, he, he really tends to just bring send for play coverage and the offensive line handle that. But when you have so many moving pieces on the O-line, so many guys who aren't used to playing together, picking up blitzes is one of the hardest parts, right? Because that's a lot of communication and chemistry amongst those guys. So if, if the Chiefs are sending pressure, that's going to be something that can really mess up this group up front, right?
3: It is. And so when you send pressure, though, you have to decide – what type of pressure are you bringing? Are you bringing a single dog? Are you bringing a blitz package where you're taking two guys outside the second level and dropping a defensive end who's a lesser cover player? And at the same time, it's really important for from a defensive standpoint to be up on your communication and understanding where that pressure is coming from. So if you're bringing a will week safety to a three by one, that means that that weak side corner needs to be alert for a side adjust issue, because if he gets beat inside, that's where big plays happen too a lot of times because Joe Burrow's, really good at processing he understands what defenses are usually trying to do for him but when you get a slant and you get beat inside because you're out of position or you don't anticipate right at the at the cornerback position then that's where some of these big hitters happen because he splits one guy and you're off to the races because you don't have that secondary level when you don't have two too high defenses so you have to pick and choose but at the same time you bring up a good point Challenging those offensive line challenging that communication amongst them and the running back position because the disguise is so unique in a lot of those Spags defensive calls and where they look like they're coming from, but you've got to anticipate that they're going to come from somewhere else. It's going to
2: be unbelievable to watch. I mean, there's there's so many layers to this one. I mean, we're not even, we don't even need to get into the Hayden Hurst, Justin Reed of it all. Um, but yeah. <laughs> this is one that I think is is personal for the Chiefs. And, you know, obviously there's so much on the line with a, another trip to the Super Bowl hanging in the balance. So I can't wait to watch it play out. It, it, it's going to be fascinating. Mahomes with the chance to just continue to add to his legacy, especially doing mm-hmm. it with with this ankle issue nagging at him. So I can't wait to check it out. I know you guys are you guys watching are gonna be dialed in and, and amped up for it. Um but whatever happens, we'll be right back here to break it all down for you next week. Matt, you're amazing as always. I can't wait to join you here Talk about this one. It's gonna be it's gonna be so much fun to watch. I can't wait.
3: I really can't. Oh man, yeah, this is what it's all about, man. You got the two best teams in the AFC going up head to head. They've got history together, they're familiar opponents, all the different aspects of this game you've got to love as a football fan. And then to add the further drama, like you said, with Mahomes and where he's at. And that's what everybody's gonna be focused on this week from the media standpoint and going into this game. But as we well know, if there's anybody who's gonna show up for a big game. That's Patrick Mahomes. His leadership, his ability to go out there and compete is unparalleled. So I did, I can't wait, man. It's going to be such a great game between two of the best quarterbacks in our game right now.
2: It really will be. And as I said, we'll be back here next week to break it all down for you, whether it's a trip to the Super Bowl or how the Chiefs move forward to the offseason. Make sure you tune in and, and we'll have all the analysis for you. So for Matt Castle, I'm Matt Hamilton. Enjoy the game.